Hello and welcome in to the Fantasy Focus Podcast. Fantasy Focus Football is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico, see all the ways that you can save. My name is the dude. Joined here by, I don't know who this guy is. Who are you? Um, uh, my whole personality now is I think you should leave. So I'm just a combination of uh, all the characters from the, the show. So I got my Dan Flash shirt hey, on. Hey, Dan hey, Flash. Hey, We're dressed up for some Halloween here today. Field Yates, what about you? I'm Captain Jake Bobo. Oh, I love that. <laughs> For those that aren't watching right now, you're missing out on a real treat. I'm putting this on (laughs) mid-show, but we got some fantasy to discuss. How many white Russians deep are you right now, Mr. Dude? Well, I mean, it's it's 11, so I've had a couple. A <laughs> dozen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Bobo is a good pirate name. I like that one. Yeah, it is. Hey, we are excited to be doing Halloween here on a Monday. Pumped to be able to do this. Obviously, Halloween is tomorrow, but Mike Clay not going to be on the show. Mike, you're a big Halloween guy. You are I a am. huge I like, Halloween I guy. I like to dress up. I like to think it through. bought this uh, a few weeks ago. The shirt was $150 out the door. So, uh, Stop it. There are more complicated shirts. There are more, they, there's a shirt there uh, at Dan Flash. It's like $2,000 because the patterns are so crazy. So complicated. Can I ask a real question? Wow. You owned that hat prior to this, didn't you? Of course. When I go on safaris, I need this hat. Stop. <laughs> Stop. No, I could see you being like, a, like when you go to the beach, do you, are you like ultra sun protection? Uh, yeah, that's why I wear this hat. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you that's actually own this hat prior to the costume. No, I did not. Okay. So, uh, <laughs> this is from another, this is from another bit. Okay. But I'm saying you bought it for this costume specifically. Yeah. Uh, Daniel actually owned everything in his costume because while it's an yeah, awesome totally portrayal of the yeah. dude, it's also a very, like, that's a very user friendly, like DIY costume. Yes. And, and so did you actually. You, I own all this as well. The only thing that I bought was this uh, this hat, which has awesome hair. And shout out Shirley and Makeup for doing a great job on giving me facial hair for the first time I, in my life. Wait, that's not real? That's not real. Believe it or not. <laughs> oh, this just I am shocked. I am but shocked. I will say, so uh, the best part about this hat right now is that my wife, uh, I, like recently, we all went as pirates, or we are all going to go as pirates. We're going to go, the, the two girls and, and us will all dress as pirates for Halloween tomorrow night. Oh, so we were, uh, she was getting uh, stuff off Amazon to help round out the uh, the costumes. And she sent me the link. We uh, My Amazon account is the one that we share. Uh, and I tend to do most of the like, actual like physical purchasing. So she's like, yeah, just buy this off Amazon. Okay, no problem. I buy it. And uh, little did I know until I actually opened it. That it is a child's hat. This thing. <laughs> and it fits perfect. I Amazing. literally, I, I have the worst headache of my life right now. Oh, no. this, thing. Uh, this thing is like, if I crunch it down a little more, it's like it honestly, like I might have to leave the show halfway through. Did if, you report those headache symptoms before the show? Or? Before the show, I did. Yes. Did? Okay, so, uh, I might, yeah. well, that's weird. I might have to leave too because I've been spending all my per diem on Dan Flashes. So you might have to just run the have show to do yourself. This one. Hey, I've you not been what? eating. Yeah, Tank like I might have to leave at some point to puke because I had so many <laughs> white Russians. Yeah. Hey, seriously, this is uh, this is not actually a white Russian. Let's just make sure HR knows that after our last podcast. Sure Let's about that. We got. Are you sure about that? Sure about that. That's not a white Russian. Uh, we got a bunch of things we're going to dive into, guys. We are going to recap almost all the week eight. Still got a Monday night football game between the Lions and Raiders for tonight. But let's dive into everything that happened yesterday, which is unfortunate because I got a bunch of guys on my roster that really tied my roster together. Hey, oh, good quote right there. But then, unfortunately, a lot of people got hurt yesterday. Yeah. We're going to start with the Minnesota Vikings. Very frustrating. Minnesota Vikings, Kirk Cousins, feared Achilles tear, waiting for official word on this, but this is sort of where we all are at. It seems like this is where uh, things are going to be. Fourth quarter is when this happened. Non-contact injury. 
Field, I think there are two things about this that I want to be able to dive into. One, just terrible for Kirk Cousins. You Sucks. just hate to see it. It's just another quarterback that has gone down, another player that has gone down. You hate to see someone like that. And for this Vikings team, they started out 0-3 and have been fighting back to be able to find a way to stay relevant within the NFC North, totally. pushing the Detroit Lions. Really brutal injury for them yesterday. Yeah, it sucks. And there's kind of a short and then like a midterm impact on this injury that goes beyond Kirk Cousins himself. You're yep. obviously going to have to find a replacement for Kirk Cousins. We'll dive in throughout the week on players that we mm-hmm. like specific to week nine, and then maybe guys who can be a longer term option for you at quarterback. But Kirk Cousins has been awesome recently for both fantasy purposes and real life. A real bummer for a guy who is by all accounts an outstanding human team a class act and a really, really solid fantasy player and a really, really solid NFL player as well. The second part of this equation is what does it mean for the ascending wide receivers in Minnesota? And this is before Justin Jefferson returns to the equation. Current check of the depth chart in Minnesota shows one healthy quarterback on the roster. That's Jaron Hall, a rookie out of BYU, who I can tell you is a work in progress. You might have seen it if you watched the game yesterday, which by the time Kirk Cousins got hurt, the game was well uh, out of hand. Like they were not going to give up that lead to a very much struggling Green Bay offense. Um, But I don't know that we got enough of a view of Jaron Hall for those that were unfamiliar Mm -hmm. with him prior to yesterday to know exactly what it's all about. But this makes me feel pretty darn nervous about Jordan Addison and KJ Osborne, who was great yesterday, but especially Addison, who had emerged as a lineup lock over the past three weeks. He was great again yesterday. Jaron Hall, I mean, you really think we're going to be able to trust Jordan Addison with a rookie quarterback in week nine right away. Yeah, I'll tell you what. My uh, gut here is telling me, like, I'm I'm hopeful. Like, can we get Nick Mullins back in a couple weeks? Like, that's where we are I know, at this right? point. We're like, yeah. can or we get can Nick Cole Mullins? Can McCoy to, sign off the street? Right, or? something here. Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big problem. It's not just the fact that you're going from Kirk Cousins to a worse quarterback. It's, there's probably going to be schematic changes here. Super pass-heavy offense. Yeah. They're, they're scoring a lot of touchdowns. Most of their touchdowns have been through the air, and yes, that's a part have. of play calling uh, as well. It's not just luck. They scored their first rushing touchdown yesterday. So uh, we could see a big scheme change here, and it's going to be problematic. I don't, I, I'm worried about Addison. I mean, I, we're going to have to rank him as a wide receiver three yep. this week, but Hawkinson down a little bit. I mean, it's, you know, this it's reminds a me of, and, and maybe people are going to say this is sensationalism analysis. I don't think it's that. I don't think it's that far off. This reminds me of when Aaron Rodgers got hurt. This offense is going to go in the tank in terms of offensive touchdown scored. It just is. Yeah. I know the Rodgers played four plays for the Jets, but like what I'd expect the Jets offense to look like with Aaron Rodgers, as opposed to how confident I feel with Zach Wilson, mm-hmm. is kind of how we feel about Jaron Hall right now. Yeah, the Vikings score a ton of points mm-hmm. with Kirk Cousins. They're not going to score nearly as many points with Jaron Hall. And short term, it could be worse with Hall, depending on what he has in the tank, right? So maybe when Mullins comes back, it's similar to the efficiency of Zach Wilson, yeah. but right this week, I, I, man, I don't know what to expect. On top of that, I think we have to at least address the conversation that we have been having a couple times throughout this season. And Adam Schefter brought it up when we did our main NFL draft. I was a part of the fantasy marathon. Yeah. Justin Jefferson currently does not have a deal done for his next contract. Also currently on IR now without Kirk mm-hmm. cousins field. What's the point in Justin Jefferson rushing back to be able to play with a fifth round rookie quarterback? Okay. So a couple of things here is like, there's a human side that we don't know how he feels about this, but totally. you could like that locker room yesterday was so dispirited. Like it means so yeah. much. You wonder if there's an element of like playing for Kirk going forward, right? Uh, one more game minimum miss for Justin Jefferson. He's missed three already on IR and he's a competitor, right? Like these guys spent their entire life wanting to get to this point. That would be the case for returning. And if they win somehow this upcoming weekend, they will be five and four very much in the NFC playoff picture because the NFC stinks. Yep. That being said, 
if they lose and they score seven points and it's just terrible offensive output and Jefferson's hamstring is still another two or three weeks away, Mm -hmm. then it might be that this is the kind of thing that pushes Jefferson's return all the way out until next season. It's a, it's, it's a very fair point to bring up Daniel. It's impossible for us to get inside his mind, but it feels much more pertinent today than it did about 24 hours. ago. I wonder if they'll tip their hand in the next 24 hours with the trade too. You know, they, do they have make a move away yeah, or totally. they try to yeah. acquire a quarterback. Yep. They might tip their hand a little bit on what we can expect going forward, a rebuild or an attempt to make the playoffs. All right, let's move ahead. Matthew Stafford dealt with a thumb injury. It happened on the two-point conversion that they were trying to be able to convert, left the game in the third quarter. Not a lot of fantasy managers starting Matthew Stafford, so we don't need to talk about that aspect. It's just whether or not this is going to impact Cooper Cup and Puka Nakua going forward. Sure will. Yeah, And they were terrible Feels yesterday, like all of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, Brett like Rippin, 5 of 10, 42 yards, 4.2 yards per attempt yesterday. And as far as backup quarterbacks around the NFL goes, he's probably in like my bottom 10 in terms of confidence index. So, yeah, I'm not going to bench Cooper Cup or Puka Nakua, but maybe those guys go from like, you know, third and seventh in our rankings each week to like eighth and 12th. Just make up a stat. I don't know. Confidence index. Confidence yeah. index. Well, I mean, yeah. I, I, I had OTD. I previously had oh, OTD. Oh, you had OTD. <laughs> right. Change it to that. Okay, yeah. got it. I got it. Uh, I'm with you. By the way, five of those ten throws went to Cooper Cup. He completed one for yeah. six yards. I mean, the yeah. accuracy Not was good. a real problem yesterday. Yeah. Real problem. Desmond Bad game Ritter, again for Cooper Cup. Yes, Desmond Ritter left this game, was checked for a concussion, and then was cleared to return to this game field. Mm-hmm. But then we also got reports from Arthur Smith that. Desmond Ritter was not pulled from the game at halftime because of a performance issue. So he was cleared to return from the concussion, but then was still held out. But it was not because of performance, which means I'm trying to figure out what all of this means from our. I think it was. We have an opportunity here and we could could cover myself and take a look at Heineke and not have to explain it. Especially in a game script in which you would favor Taylor Heineke as opposed to Desmond Ritter. And Mm -hmm. Heineke yesterday had 175 passing yards. I'm not going to go... I'm going to lean more off of what I've seen from Taylor Heineke in prior years than what I saw yesterday to state that I absolutely believe there's more fantasy value in this offense if Heineke is starting. I just am not confident that Arthur Smith is going to make that change because he has been so dedicated to Desmond Ritter. Yeah, so uh, he steps in there. Five targets to Van Jefferson, three to Matt Collins, three to Kadero Hodge. Now, Drake London did leave injured around that time as well, so we'll, we'll talk about that more this week. Uh, but yeah, 15 of the 20 targets went to wide receivers, which could be good for Drake London, but yeah. only two to Kyle Pitts, none to John U. Smith. So, yep. you know, not a small sample, but yeah. wasn't John came back down. To didn't her. exactly yeah, get Pitts going. Yeah. 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 Kenny Pickett, another quarterback left with a rib injury. I'm not sure this offense changes a whole lot with Mitch Trubisky under center because nope. Kenny Pickett, unfortunately, was playing so bad already. How many Correct, games yeah. do you think Kenny Pickett has this season with at least 250 passing yards? None. Zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's been bad. He's just been bad. Yeah. This, this, not this team is not four and three because of their offense in any way, shape, or form. So nope. I think it changes nothing as far as my confidence in George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, and the rest of the pass yeah. catchers. In where's Trubisky in your confidence index? Uh, back of quarterbacks? He would be yeah. top 10. He's pretty good. Yeah. 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 All right. I'm going to just state this. D- Darren Waller, hamstring injury, pulled out of the game. I, I know we can talk about this more, but I want to make sure because we have very limited time here that we also talk about this next one. Darren Waller, unfortunately, been dealing with hamstring injuries. We'll continue to monitor this one. We just got news this morning, though, from Mike Reese that Kendrick Bourne, in fact, tore his ACL. Yikes. Unfortunately, Sorry. a guy that we have loved and somebody that was coming on as a potentially usable fantasy asset here as well. Pop Douglas. 
There's my name for you. That's my name. I mean, it sucks for Kendrick Bourne yeah. going into free agency. He's been a really, you know, he's been a solid player this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, like clearly that. a talented guy, but Pop Douglas played a uh, team high uh, in terms of wide receiver snaps yesterday. And uh, by the eye test, and not that this is saying a ton based off the Patriots entire depth chart, but they're, they're clearly their best receiver now going forward. Yeah. A worthwhile Adam waivers. No today. Juju Smith-Schuster to lay in that game yeah. around when Bourne got hurt. So now. Douglas is ahead now. Yeah. You're going to have to. Yep. All right. Unfortunately, a bunch of injuries. We're going to have our fingers crossed. Nothing, nothing happens tonight here in Monday Night Football, but we will be back in just a moment with a little bit more from our Week 8 recap. But first, Field Yates. Home, auto, prize, sports memorabilia, whatever you need to protect, Geico can help get yes, you covered. Yes, it can. And with award-winning Geico mobile app, you can get 24-7 claim support and on-the-go policy access. It's easy to Geico. Go to geico.com today. For the ones who get it done, and you know which ones you are, Grangers offer high-quality supplies and solutions for every single industry, as well as access to product specialists who have knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call or click Granger.com or just stop by. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, Field Yates, Mike Clay, Daniel Dopp. Actually, that's not true. You guys can call me the dude. You can call me El Dudorino. Yeah. Call me the, the driving crooner. Oh, the driving Oh, oh Mike Clay. Mike Clay <laughs> loves Halloween. Come on. Come on, guys. How do you not love this? That is exactly what I am looking for, Mike Clay. I freaking love you. That's what I do on the weekends. That's how, when you and I go out, we like to have a lot of fun doing that. All right, and Fields, you're a pirate, always looking good. Are you going to do the rest of your analysis in a pirate voice? Uh, Probably not, but I will do the rest of the show in this Jake Bobo jersey. Which, honestly, like, I I think the only thing about the show being our Halloween show is that I wanted to just wear my Bobo jersey in general. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But whatever. I don't need an excuse to wear it. I'm just going to wear it because I feel like it. I still think I like this because you throw that on and you can just be Jack Seahawk. Rather than Jack, Jack Sparrow. You know ah, what I'm saying? We're going to switch it up there a little well bit. Done. I think the Bucks should play in uh, uniforms like this. How fun would that be? Pants that look like pirate pants. And the long boots. Maybe like the Steelers with their uh, bumblebee. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. I'm in. I'm in for that. Let's dive in on our week eight recap. Guys, Joe Burrow and the Bengals took on the San Francisco 49ers coming off of a bye. And guess what? They looked incredible. They're back. Joe Burrow was awesome. 28 for 32. He had four incompletions and three touchdowns. When you throw 32 passes and you have almost as many touchdowns as you do incompletions, you know it was a good day. I think this might be the most important thing by far that happened in fantasy yesterday Mm -hmm. because I think quarterback performance is stickier than wide receiver performance because wide receivers are dependent upon their quarterback. Mm -hmm. And also, like, so I think that Joe Burrow's ascension back to where he belongs in that top tier of quarterbacks is real. He said this a couple of weeks ago, and I know that these things can be the kind of things that if they prove to be correct, we talk about it being a narrative. If they prove to be incorrect, we dismiss it and say, ah, whatever. It was just a one liner. But Joe Burrow said a couple of weeks ago how like he kind of felt like maybe they had their turning point moment, a la what happened last year in New Orleans. He comes back from the bye. There was talk from Zach Taylor about how he had not been restricted at all now with that calf injury. That showed out yesterday, both in terms of in-pocket mobility and out-of-pocket mobility. Six carries, 43 yards for yes, Joe sir. Burrow, including design runs, by the way. They had a third and nine designed quarterback draw. That's not the kind of play that you dial up unless your quarterback's calf is fully healthy. Drove the football down the field, and then he made Jamar Chase do what Jamar Chase does, which is ball out, Mike. And mm-hmm. if 
I get it. If you have Joe Burrow or Jamar Chase, but certainly Burrow, you are probably not like a six and two team right now. You're not headed for a six and two season. But if yeah. you stayed afloat with Joe Burrow and you're three and four and heading towards four and four tonight, you might find yourself a contender now going forward. Yeah, I think I had that start happen in the middle of the season for the Cincinnati offense. We might be like, ah, oh, they just hit a rough patch. They'll bounce back. Right. But it happened to start the season with him coming off that injury, and there was a lot of concern there. So he had a tough four weeks. But since week five, he is fourth in fantasy points at quarterback on a on a points-per-game basis. Unbelievable. He's completed 78% of his passes. That's highest in the NFL. Eight touchdowns, two picks, and to your point, 43 rushing yards. That was huge for me to see that was huge. big. So uh, they're playing Buffalo this week. They're obviously terrific defensively. We'll talk more about that matchup this week, but uh, I think he's very much back in the weekly quarterback one conversation. This is what we wanted to see. We talked about it on an FF. Now, yep. will he have that bounce back game, even uh, in a potential, you know, a tough matchup playing at San Francisco where we can just say, no matter the matchup, he's not, yep. you know, we'll move him down a few spots for a tough matchup, but he's still an every week starter. He's back in that conversation. Now, Jamar chase never left the conversation for being a wide receiver. One, 12 nope. targets. Yep. 10 receptions, 100 receiving yards, and a touchdown. The dude is incredible. To be honest, that's not really where the question mark is for me. Is, is he earned dude status from you? The dude abides Jamar Chase. Okay. Yes, there he absolutely it. does. Let me ask, what the, I'm guessing the question is surrounding his teammate T. Higgins. You know what? T. Higgins, that's just a bummer, man. So what do you do here with T. Higgins? Are we at the point now where there's enough wide receiver depth mm-hmm. where you can make a pretty credible case to not play T. Higgins? Or has T. Higgins' inconsistency this year relegated him to benches or sorry I, I is, think, is, 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 uh, it, is it sorry I, I, I said the same option twice no you're right I, I know you're saying you he's know not he's yeah. not a lineup block at okay. this point he's not go. a lineup block you might have better options I do however believe remember he's been a little beat up too yeah he has been I'm gonna I think he will bounce I, I think he'll bounce back I, yeah you know his target share is a little lower than last year uh, although it was trending down late last season as well and remember he had a huge game already this year he before did. that injury so uh, I think better days are ahead for T. Higgins, but you know, obvious concerns. I kind of put him in that like Devonte Smith ca- category. You Still know, kind in, of that, in that same that same boat right now. In that buy low situation, <laughs> would you go out and try to acquire a guy that is underperforming, or is this just like, hey man, if you've got him, you're just going to leave him on the bench. If I don't have him, I'm not going to try and go out and grab yeah, him. Yeah, I would. I mean, it, it, this is that conversation. Like what. We'd have to go through a list of players, like Who's where's on the your line, bench essentially. And who, who do you have to give up? But of can you get back in the wide receiver two mix at some point? Yes. Maybe I value him as a three at this point. Yeah, sure. I mean, I made a, I made a T Higgins trade recently in a league that, uh, oh no, it's not the league that we're in together, but uh, it's a league with my cousin Griffey. We did a trade and I uh, had just, I have like, I'm oversaturated with wide receivers, but I had one healthy running back this past week. We did a T Higgins for Javante Williams and Kareem Hunt deal, actually. Okay. Ooh. So ended up working out. Uh, I, I acquired those. I needed those guys badly. You need a running back. Javante back on track. That'll be yep. a topic. We'll this talk week. about that yeah. for sure. Yeah. Uh, 30 total touches yesterday, uh, 30 opportunities mm-hmm. for him yesterday. That was awesome to see. But yeah, so I think there are deals out there for T Higgins right now that can actually be beneficial to both sides. If you do have wide receiver depth to spare, T Higgins is a very expendable part right now because while he's so talented, he could get back on track. He's got 19 catches in six games. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. 19 do the math over the course of a season. That's like 55 catches for a guy that you would have thought coming into the season might be good for 85 or 90. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Always in for 55 catches. There's not, there's no way he's getting traded, right? No. Yeah. No way. So. 
No way. Other side of this game, Brock Purdy struggled a little bit, unfortunately. Except but for the, the rushing. Yeah. Well, except for the rushing. It's crazy. Yeah. But all of the other guys that we were starting in this game looked fantastic. Christian McCaffrey was Christian McCaffrey once again, finding the end zone twice. You got George Kittle explodes 11 targets, nine for 149. This is one of those weeks. Yeah. Same where, like, old George. It's Same the 49ers. Right. Like sometimes you're going to have the good weeks. Sometimes you're going to have the bad weeks. This week was a good week. Would you for call George. him a 49er? I would call him a 49er. <laughs> yeah. He is a <laughs> niner, baby. I wish I, wish I had a. Dang it, I have our, our Rita Oak art of George Kittle, oh, too. It would have been a perfect day to debut that. You're right. Dang, I'm kicking myself for that. But I'll, I'll show it on the show. We have this awesome George Kittle photo uh, painting that was done by, uh, drawing, I should say, that was done by an absolute master of art, uh, Rita Oak art. And I'm sure she's bummed this morning with her team being uh, on a three-game skid. But it's an awesome photo. We'll have it up here in the, sh- in the studio sometime soon. But yes, I don't know. Like, I don't have analysis on George Kittle. He was right? great. Because I don't it's have analysis. Same old thing. Yeah, same old thing with George Kittle. And um, I, I do say this. Like, I know that like there's no takeaway. There's no fantasy uh, analysis to drop alongside Christian McCaffrey other than just like what an appreciation of unbelievable play. 18 straight games with at least one touchdown for Christian McCaffrey. That's Unheard crazy. of, literally. That yes, it is. Actually, I think he's now one shy of the NFL record. Mm-hmm. One game oh, shy. Th- oh, okay, that he hit it yesterday. Oh, is he tied? He either I tied thought, it I or, it was, or but shared it. Yeah, one of the two. Anyways, he is in nearly uncharted territory, and it's unbelievable. He has been by far uh, the correct pick for the number one overall player on boards, maybe along with Tyreek Hill. But amongst the guys that were like heavily discussed in that number one overall pick, it was him and Eckler and Justin Jefferson. Clearly has been the right pick for those that did use a top one, two, or three pick on Christian McCaffrey. He's been unbelievable. And I'll say this. I don't think the 49ers are going to struggle that much going forward. That being said, if they do, they cannot help themselves to play Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. The team was down 31-17 with 10 seconds to go. Literally, the only thing that could happen there would be like best case scenario is you have like a, a Hail Mary that gets it to 31-24 with no time left on the clock. Christian McCaffrey catches a pass from like his own 20 yard line and sprints for like 30 yards. The game was over on that play. Why would Christian McC- like it makes no sense for him to be in there, but they just can't. I mean, I, I would have a hard time quitting Christian McCaffrey as well, but he is going to play more snaps than I think the 49ers probably would like him to play because they need him right now. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, that kind of reminds me of what the Cardinals did yesterday where the Cardinals actually came down to the wire, kicked a, Oh, that- that was important. Kick. We'll talk about that oh, more yeah. later. We're, Don't yeah, you worry, Daniel. That, that was awesome. So, this is something uh, that Mike and I would okay. be a little Yeah, but we have a f- funny little one. The huge, huge long shot week. One huge. of the best oh, ever. Oh, my gosh. No, 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 no. But wait. But we'll get to it. We'll save it because yes, I promise you it's worth it. Yeah, just wanted to say uh, after the... The Niners going to buy now. Debo could be back after that. So we don't want to get too carried away with George Kittle. He's had four games with six or fewer targets. Two big games. Uh, we're going to, you know, once Debo's back, that should factor in here as yep. well. And Brandon Ayuk, five for 109 in this one. So he yeah, also he he delivers 15 fantasy points if you needed that. All right, let's talk about Patrick Mahomes. He stunk yesterday, guys. Mm-hmm. Now, listen, here's the thing. We found out in pregame yep. dealing with the flu, right? So they, they talked about that. We, you brought that up on Fantasy Football Now Field. So he's been having flu-like symptoms, has been taking an IV, yeah. still came into this game. And because of that, I got to be honest, I thought this was going to be an Isaiah Pacheco game, Isaiah Pacheco game, yeah. like nonstop against this so Broncos defense. Yeah. <laughs> and instead... Patrick Mahomes goes out there, throws the ball 38 times in what might be the worst performance that he's had since taking over as a starter. You mean the not elite Mike. juggernaut yeah. Yeah. Denver defense? Told you they're playing better recently. They, they are. are playing they are playing much better. better. And by the way, 
not might, not be, might the be the worst performance, like categorically the worst performance of his his career, uh, both from a fantasy and real perspective. It's by far, he is quarterback 29 so far on the week, headed towards quarterback 31. And I'll say this, like bad games happen, no two ways about that, all right? And the flu, Michael Jordan ruined the flu game analysis <laughs> because really now did. we just expect guys to go out there and have an awesome game. It just can happen, right? The more important takeaway is not the one bad game from Patrick Mahomes. It's that he is now trending towards, or he's guaranteed his fourth finish outside the top 10 in eight games played this season. He had four all of last year. Patrick Mm -hmm. Mahomes has not been nearly as elite as he has been in prior seasons. And if you used a early draft pick on Patrick Mahomes over Josh Allen, or certainly Jalen Hurts, it's been the wrong decision. Yeah, Uh, I agree with that. Um, I will say this, though. He's still QB5 in points per game, which shows you the state of the quarterback position right right now. Yeah, Uh, but But as you know, if you're going to pay that premium, you needed him to be not just in that top three of quarterbacks, but like, hey, a couple deviations ahead of others. Yeah, I will just say uh, two things. First of all, uh, he... Had his that was his first single digit fantasy football fantasy performance since week eleven of twenty twenty one and he's also just coming off a huge game you quarterback one last yeah. year yeah. so yeah. Uh, I'm not super concerned I agree with you he hasn't lived up to his ADP I still think he'll be fine as a, a QB one going forward I wonder if they will make try to make a move at receiver but I don't think they're going to I I, I, I think they should game. I just don't know if they can because they already they already traded yeah. basically fifth round pick for Nicole Hardman because yeah. they lost their compensatory pick mm-hmm. and uh, they don't have a lot of cap space to work with yeah. and they need those draft picks. So you've, they've shown us that like the way they're going to keep this thing afloat beyond Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey and he reads brilliance is by nailing draft picks, especially on the defensive mm-hmm. side of the ball. That's true. Unfortunately, do not love how bad Patrick Mahomes was, but better days are going to be ahead, right? Yeah, Miami, Miami this so. week. Yeah, Miami. Be a lot of scoring in that one. 930 a.m. favorite in that game. Surprised by that or no? No, not really. Okay. Chiefs. I'm all Game right with it. Germany. All right. Back here on Fantasy Focus, Daniel Dot, Mike Clay, and Field Yates. Yeah. All in here on Halloween costumes. Having a little bit of fun mm-hmm. pre-Halloween here. Yeah. And Mike, I for a second thought you were going to come for Halloween as a skeleton. Um, oh, is that right? But then, it, well, yeah, because you didn't have the guts to rank Gus Edwards like higher in your rankings. Skeleton. Anyway, uh, so moving on. Uh, dad it. joke. Guys, we were trying to do dad jokes there. No, yeah. nothing. Hey, let's talk about Gus Edwards. Fields, you and I, last week, we were like, hey, this guy, unbelievable performance against the, against the Detroit Lions, in part because he had one catch for 80 yards that yeah. gave him twenty over 21 fantasy points. And you were like, you know what? This might be his best fantasy game ever. And we looked, and it was his best fantasy game ever. Fast forward to this week. What does he do? His next newest His next best fantasy, fantasy game ever. <laughs> Unbelievable. Is this Gus Edwards territory now? Do we need to start paying attention to Gus Edwards as a potential running back for so us? Unless the Ravens make a move between now and the trade deadline, one thing is clear. It's the Gus Edwards backfield. You look at the full season now. He has a 106 to 45 carry edge over Justice Hill. Maybe you're saying to yourself, yeah, but you, you count on Justice Hill because it'll get you some passing game mm. utilization. He's got 15 catches on 15 targets to Gus Edwards' six catches on seven targets. So it's not nearly dominating enough enough. for this to be a spot where you have a tough choice to make between these two Ravens. If you're starting one, it's Gus Edwards. Now, I don't know that Gus Edwards is going to have weekly value unless he finds the end zone, but Mm -hmm. he keeps finding the end zone of late. So I think he's like a top 25 to 30 option in a week-in, week-out basis. Yeah, I think so. We'll we'll rank him, I think, as a fringe top 20 guy this week against Seattle, who we talked about good between the tackles, slowing uh, running games. Uh, But I will say this. I looked at his playing time. I was trying to figure out if they're... Can I ask something there? What? You said you'll think of ranking him as a top 20 option. A fringe top 20 play, yeah. Against... 
really good Seahawks defense. I'm surprised by that. I thought that I thought it might be lower. I was thinking like no, top 25 uh, to 30 for no, I think Edwards. he's getting high scoring offense, uh, getting goal line work, scoring okay. touchdowns, getting bulk of the carries. That's enough. So what, what I was going to say, though, is uh, first of all, his playing time the last two weeks, pretty much the same yeah. as what it's been the prior. Oh, yes, yeah. he's just and super efficient. The prior four games, he it was under 55 yards and seven fantasy points in all four games. Yeah. So, uh, you know what it's like? You know what he is? What we like to categorize these guys, right? Put them in tears. Brian Robinson. Yeah. yeah. Very similar boat. Okay. In a better spot now than Robinson is, but where Robinson was a little earlier this season. So he just, he's not involved in the passing and it's going to limit his output for the most part. He had that fluke 80 yard touchdown the other week. We're not going to get that most of the time. So you're right. He's going to be a touchdown dependent fringe RB too. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a little more, I'm going to be more like top 25 to 30 is still where I stand my ground on that one. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, yeah. All right. Fair enough. 20 for you, 25 to 30 for me. Yeah. You're, you're lower. I feel like you're more optimistic and still lower somehow. I know. (laughs) know. Well, I'm the pragmatic one here as I'm pulling that exactly stats for our next topic. That's what it is. What it comes down to. CD lamb was incredible. Back to back hundreds yard weeks this week. He had 14 targets. If you looked at his line at halftime, you'd have been like, I'll take that. Just at halftime alone, mm-hmm. he had like seven for 100 and a touchdown, ends up finishing with 12 for 158 and two tutties. I, I don't know what to say about him other than the fact that he was great last week, great this week. I just love to see him continuing to pr- perform here. Yeah, two in a row. Two, two in a row. Two huge games. Awesome. They play the Eagles next week. They're going to need more of this. And as mm-hmm. you know, the Eagles can be thrown on. Sam Howell, we'll talk about him in just a little bit. He will be the first person to tell you that. Uh, a couple of thoughts here is squeaky wheels continue to get the grease this year. Mm-hmm. CD didn't go quite AJ Brown style, but it did feel like we were talking about the Cowboys needed to get CD lamb, the football more. He was talking about needing to get the football more and it worked out. And I feel like the Cowboys over the past couple of games that they have played have just been that much more trusting in Dak Prescott. Now it's been good matchups. They played the two LA teams, two teams that have been, uh, I would mm-hmm. say not stellar in defending the pass, but you look at the Cowboys upcoming schedule and this week it's the Eagles. So it should continue this week. And then beyond that, I think the Cowboys are going to be able to throw the football capably and Dak Prescott's confidence appears to be back. And Dak, you know, we talked about Terry McLaurin this past week against the Eagles. So yeah. he's had their number. He crushes Dak them. has had the Eagles number. Yes, yeah. uh, I'm just fascinated by the Eagles because they were kind of playing to the level of the competition and maybe a letdown game after that Ooh. crushing win of the Niners at home. Then they go, uh, they travel, I mean, it's amazing that they they won that game. They came back from down two scores and won against Washington. But now they're back home with Dallas coming in. Will they get back up and have another dominant performance like they did a couple weeks ago? So this is going to be a really fascinating game in that uh, NFC East. Two unimportant thoughts here. First of all, CeeDee Lamb's the best wide receiver that wears a number in the 80s right now. Who's the second best receiver that wears a number in the 80s? Well, not Jake Bobo. Yeah, he's uh, 19. He's the best that wears number 19. Uh, Julio Jones, is he in the 80s? He's in the, he's 80s, in the 80s, 80s. He's at least catching <laughs> touchdown passes now. Yeah, yeah. Second of all, that? my most, my other most unimportant thought is that I just had to take the hair tassels and push them behind my head because, good Lord, is it like living inside of an oven with long hair, Daniel? I am oh, sweating right now. You have no well, idea. It's so the, hot. The back of your neck gets all like moist and oh, sweaty God, and then the side is, so it's tough. It's I'll tell you what, you're living with some stuff with long hair that you never realized before. Yeah, that's why I go high and tight. It's just, I, I'm, I'm like, uh, I need air conditioning at all times. Just wait until you get in the shower and then like it's all just going to start. Oh, well, you're glad it's not real so you don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I, but I have to get my daughter a bath all the time and she, like you know she got long longish hair longish for hair. a nearly two-year-old and yeah. it's 
A lot of work you know, in there. washing that hair. No, you've been there not. twice. Oh, yes. I thought you were saying with the long hair. I was like, you've not had long hair. But no, you with no. your daughters, you've yeah. been there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about Sam Howell. Sam Howell looked fantastic uh. this week. Sam Howell absolutely is Blake Bordeling his way to fantasy relevance as a streamer. I mean, kind of. Sometimes yeah. he looks really good. And sometimes, yeah. he, sometimes he's just <laughs> super boom bust. I don't know if Blake Bortles <laughs> ever looked really good. Howell sometimes looks really sharp and good. He does, and then he, yeah. then he just makes he's quarterback one for the week. Yeah, yeah, he is. He's actually on the season. He's QB eight pending uh, Saturday or uh, Monday night football. Five games with at least eighteen fantasy points this season. So he's been delivering. He's second in pass attempts. He's yep. fifth in passing yards. Yep. Uh, so he, he's not even doing as much as we thought he might with his legs this yep. year. He's doing a little, especially a little bit more uh, recently, but. He's delivering with his arm, big time volume. This will be his third top eight finish in the past four weeks. Obviously, he's quarterback one tonight. I suspect he'll stay at quarterback one for the week. And I think the roots of this are in part tied to this terrible Washington defense, which, by the way, they've got so much talent on that defensive front. Sounds like by tomorrow with the trade deadline, they might not have quite as much talent. But yeah, uh, we are about to enter a bunch of bye weeks once again. And crap, I should have looked this up and I will do it right now on the fly. I'm meant to find out who the commanders play in week 10 week 10. They've at, they're at new England this week. Yep. So they play the Seahawks in week 10. Which, wow. okay. If anybody okay. knows anything about the Seahawks so far this year, they have been stout against the run and not so stout against the past, even yeah, with good talent. In the second, yeah, they're, well, they're the last month. They've been a little bit better. much better, defensively, much better but the schedule has been easy. So yes. it's going to be yep. an interesting matchup. There. So they've yeah. been tested more in the secondary than they have been against the run. The reason why I mentioned week 10 specifically is in week 10, Patrick Mahomes, who I know even after what he did this weekend, still Patrick Mahomes, absolute megastar to a tongue of Iloa fantasy rock star. Yep. He's and, all by quarterbacks, right? Uh, yeah. And yeah. Jalen hurts all on by that week. Mm-hmm. So in week 10, three of the top, I don't know, seven, eight quarterbacks this season, right? Mm-hmm. In fantasy points yeah, that's off a lot. for the week. Yeah. So yeah. I would be getting ahead right now. If you can waiver options do include Sam Howell against the, against the Seahawks, because even if they have been better of late, the script seems to work in his favor. They throw the ball so dang much. Kirk Cousins now out, obviously, as well. Justin Fields has been banged up. Like, there have been a lot of quarterback injuries. Heck, we had five of them yesterday. So go grab Sam Howell this week if you're going to need a quarterback in week 10. By the way, just a random nugget. Speaking of, like, the chaos of fantasy and all the injuries and how hard it is to predict and Mahomes is underachieving and yeah. they're all out at the same time. The top four quarterbacks in fantasy this year are Josh Allen, Jalen Hurts, Patrick Mahomes, and Lamar Jackson. I know. Like, I know. almost how we had him ranked. It's, yeah. it's unreal how... The, the cream rises. In yes, that, the cream the does rise. Position, as you are say. correct, but it's. I think it's and you're. It's, it's a one hundred percent statement of fact. It's just like kind of how those four have performed this season that matters most, right? Mm-hmm. It's like Jalen Hurts unquestionably worth that premium pick. He's been excellent almost every week. Mm-hmm. Josh Allen also has been excellent in several weeks. He had a couple like you know duds. Lamar Jackson has kind of been the yo-yo, and then Mahomes has been the major yo-yo yeah. of those four. And you might say, well, yeah, it's kind of convincing me to wait a quarterback, but if you look at the projected starting quarterbacks this week across the league, there's like, what, 18 to 20 there, where you're like, what? Uh, like, this is not good. It's not yeah, what it's I not want. Good. It, the yeah. landscape right now of quarterback after the injuries is... It's not looking great. I'll yeah. tell you what, though. I think part of the reason why that's interesting is because of the fact that on a season-long basis, like we we are back to what we we're basically where we started, where we thought. But on any given week, it's like we're talking about Jordan Love, we're talking about Sam Howell, we're talking about Desmond Ritter. Like I think there's a reason why my managers are like, "What's going on at the quarterback position?" Because we've just had so many guys with so much volatility living at the top of that board that I don't think necessarily deserve to live at the top of the quarterback board. Mm-hmm. But that's how this game is played on a weekly basis. Anyone can do that. Can we you know, stop talking about Jordan Love now, though? We yes. That. <laughs> that's over. Yes. 
You know what's helping right now for these average quarterbacks, and maybe even below average, is that one conference stinks right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. In the AFC, you know whether you have a quarterback problem right now. Yes. You just know. Yep. In the NFC, you're like, yeah, well, we have Desmond Ritter, but we're still first place in our division. Right. Yeah, it's expected. Just they're beating up on that division. We knew that division was going to struggle this year, and they're beating but up on it. it can convince an organization. It can to like, stay in mediocrity. To stay, yeah. Correct. Yeah. Like sometimes that path of inertia prevails mm-hmm. of just like, let's just keep doing what we have been doing, right? And we're four and four, right? Who would you rather be? The Falcons at four and four with... You know, with 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 Desmond Ritter, or would you rather be a team in the AFC who's got, I would think, a superior quarterback, but a less, but you know, like less, a worse record right now, right? Like the Chargers, Chargers are three and four with oh, Justin man. Herbert. I yeah. mean, Desmond Ritter clearly better than Justin Herbert, right? That's what Mike just said. I think. I think if we can just clip that, that yeah. is no, definitely. I'm saying you have a better said. quarterback, but you're in the AFC, and it's like tough. It's a tough yes. challenge. It's hard that is, challenge that to challenge. That is the hard part. I did. I, 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 did you know that Patrick Mahomes has the same number of touchdown passes as Russell Wilson Stop this year? Stop it! Stop it! Stop it! Stop. <sighs> can I ask you guys a, co- a question about Terry McLaurin? Because he looked fantastic in the first yeah. quarter again. Yeah, if he can only play the Eagles every week. Eagles and first quarters. He had three for 40 and a touchdown. Ended up with five for 63 on 12 targets. I, like This that. is one of those things. I'm excited about it. 17 and a half mm-hmm. fantasy points. But still there is this thing. There is still this disconnect, I feel like, between Sam Howell and Terry McLaurin where they're not fully on the same page. It has looked a lot better recently yeah but I, he's, I still yeah. feel like there's points on the table i think he's into the top 20 now he's been delivering for about a month now he's had a bunch of good games and uh john dotson had a huge game in he this did. one his first we big game about that however curtis samuel left that game early only played like 15 snaps so yeah. i'm not sure i'm getting carried away on dotson but still a guy should be on benches yeah that's a it's a uh, it's just an interesting one to me because especially with somebody that has themselves some terry mclaurin you get that much early action yeah mm-hmm. and you're like man i'm in a good spot and then you check back at halftime and you're like boy it hasn't moved then you check back at third quarter and you're like wow how come he hasn't caught he hasn't caught any more passes mm-hmm. yet what's going on that here? was me needing one point from dj moore last night and watching the fourth quarter play out and not Stop. getting that one catch i needed my Stop. god veterans Michael. league took an l in the, in the vets league okay. sorry man Jane. that's a tough Your one first Jane. loss of the season any league it's okay oh, it happens to us all i'm up there but that was that one hurts <laughs> All right, back here on Fantasy Focus with Field Yates, Mike Clay. My name is Daniel Dobb. We okay. are talking about the New York Jets taking on the New York football Giants. Guys, this game was disgusting and ugly in every single way that I could potentially imagine. I, I checked three sources to make sure that there wasn't uh, like a scoring issue with yeah. the Giants passing stats. <laughs> I was like, there's no way this is right. Like there's a tracking tell us, issue or something. Tell us why. Tell us why. Uh, they went into overtime with seven passing yards. Actually, yes. if you count sack yardage, which counts yes. for like team passing yards, they Correct. were negative seven they passing yards. Negative seven passing yards yesterday. There were more punts than points scored yesterday. Just, I mean, that's one of those losses that's going to stick with you if you're a Giants fan or if you're a Giants player or coach because you had the game won and yes. you missed a 35-yard field goal. Just a total bummer there. Uh, you come back, you end up losing the game because the Jets go down and drive uh, and kick a field goal to tie the game up. And But the story, I think, for fantasy purposes is, wow, like Garrett Wilson, monster day. If he just scores a touchdown, we're talking about this in an even different light. So I'm here to be sort of like the good cop, bad cop as it pertains to the value of Garrett Wilson. Uh, it's very clear that he is the alpha in that passing game mm-hmm. by far. Yep. The Jets, over the past three games, have scored three offensive touchdowns. Yeah. Let's revisit those three offensive touchdowns. One, against the Broncos, Brees Hall, 70-plus yard run. Yep. Two, against the Eagles, Brees Hall, eight-yard touchdown run in which the Eagles literally let him score. Mm-hmm. Three, Brees Hall, a 50-yard touchdown pass that went for negative two air yards. 
So you have to ask yourself, is that like, well, Garrett Wilson definitely is going to have his weeks where he ends up with 15 to 18, maybe 20 fantasy points. The chances for him to like, even with the encouraging signs that we have seen of late, the ceiling is tapped by the fact that the Jets don't score touchdowns. Yep, you're exactly they just right. Don't. And this is what we talked about last week. I think we talked about it on, on the, I don't know if it was the pod or FF now, we, same exact analysis. Yeah. It's like the volume is great. One third of the targets are going to him. And he's been, he's had a high floor, 14 plus fantasy points in five of seven games. So he's yep. still startable, but he just has no ceiling uh, in this offense right now. They are playing the Chargers this week. They've been crushed by Monday wide football. receivers. Yeah. Maybe, you know, uh, he, there's enough volume and a good matchup here that you still feel comfortable starting him. He's zero top 15, though. He just zero. doesn't have that yeah. upside he would have yeah. with Aaron Rodgers. I still feel like I, I have no problem drafting him where I did this year. No, a ton of drafts. He would. He was going to have a massive season, and he's going to have a great career. In fact, Dynasty right now, Go if you're and struggling him. and there's a contender and they need a player that could help them more now, maybe a Terry McLaurin type and throw mm. something in, a pick or something, to get Wilson, do it because the guy's going to be a superstar in this league. Yeah, it's just frustrating because you want to be able to see him get in the end zone. I just hate watching these good wide receivers, good players at all on teams where it's like we just know that they are better than this. We know Mm -hmm. that they can deliver more. We know they want to deliver more. So that part has been very frustrating, unfortunately. Outside of Garrett Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall, is there anybody from the Jets you're even considering? No. No. Okay. Zach Moss. Let's talk about this because Zach Moss just will not go away. He won't. He refuses to quit. He won't go away. Jonathan Taylor this week. 12 carries, 95 yards, and two targets for 10.7 fantasy points. Zach Moss, 11 carries for 66 yards, but he gets in the end zone, also has a reception, actually outscores Jonathan Taylor here. What the heck are we and supposed we got, to do we with had this backfield? The, we did have a gap in snaps. We had the biggest gap of the yep, season, 41 like, for Taylor, yep. 26 for Moss. So we saw that, and Taylor came out and play, got most of the work out of the game. We thought, all right, Moss is going to be limited, as we thought. Taylor is going to break out today, and then it just went right back to normal. So... Uh, yeah, it was, a, it, was a, it was a tough one to see the gap close that much in touches. But I will say this. If you look at the last three weeks, Taylor has a slight edge in snaps, in carries, in targets. And his production, despite the touchdown gap being 2-1 to one in favor of Moss, is massive. 47 touches, 282 yards for Taylor, 44 touches for 195 yards. It's almost a 100-yard difference. So yeah. Taylor has been the better player for the past month. And I think he will... I've, we've been saying this for weeks. We'll, we'll continue to widen the gap a little bit, but Moss is not going to completely go away. Yeah, just again, my, my respects continue to go out to Zach Moss. He has been exceptional. Uh, I was pressed into a spot yesterday where it was kind of limited. I had nothing else to do besides start Zach Moss because of a couple of key running back injuries, and I did, and he may be the difference between a win and a loss in a league because the dude will not. He's like a cockroach right now. You can't be killed he's just unbelievable the ultimate vulture here of yeah. jonathan taylor yeah. he has been yeah <laughs> seriously he's been exceptional so uh shout out to you zach moss even if for those of us who roster jonathan taylor are a little bit disappointed by the fact that we still want that top five upside it is not yet delivered white russian all right yeah this is a pretty good one too i gotta is be it? honest guys yeah i did well not make this you. one too poorly yeah. uh honestly it's just frustrating i just want jonathan taylor to have this backfield to himself josh down rules adam and your team right now all right, let's talk about another tight end that we uh, tight end position has been very difficult right, this here we year. Go. This so is, when do I share the story, Mike? We're yeah, at let's a, do it right now. We're at Taysom Hill. Okay. Uh, we're gonna we have Trey McBride here as well. Yeah. So, these so are can we do two, a two for one special. Daniel? Let's do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Rashid Shahid, and we have the whole conversation here. Let's, okay. Right. So for those that are that watch fantasy football now, I'm sure you're aware of what we do at the end of the show with Adam Schefter called Long Shots. He and I each pick a player who's rostered in over 80, excuse me, under 20% of leagues. So it's available in over 80% of leagues. This player 
is probably not going to be started, but if you're in desperation mode, maybe he could be started. What I do at the beginning of the week is uh, because roster percentages do change throughout the week, I earmark a few names and I usually will send a few names with one is like the leader in the clubhouse to our producers on the show, Matt Harrington, Addison Walton. And so my early pick in the week was Taysom Hill. He was available in like 82% of leagues. I get a text from Mike Saturday. Saturday. Yeah, it was on the note. It's usually yeah. not in the note. We yeah. don't find out till Sunday, but yeah. I saw it and Mike I saw raised it. an eyebrow. And Mike goes, you. are you really going to go with Taysom Hill with Jawan Johnson back in the lineup? Yeah, because Hill's been getting all these targets. Yeah, lately he 11 Johnson's catches over out. the past two yeah, weeks. Yeah. And I was like, you know, Mike, I don't know. I mean, I have to think about it. But now that you said that, I'm going to change my pick. And then Taysom Hill is going to go off because YOLO. I decide to pivot mm-hmm. to Trey McBride. Mm. Meanwhile, on Sunday morning, I find out that Adam Schefter has picked Rashid Shahid. Mm-hmm. Saints game takes place. What happens out of the gates? Taysom Hill finds the end zone, starts to go off. To be clear, he did not play tight end because Jawan Johnson was back. They used him at running back yes. and in the Wildcat. And that's where he, he yep. stole snaps from Derek Carr. It was like they, they find a way to get him the ball. It's a completely so different he's role. He's playing great. Meanwhile, Rashid Shahid has this long, like 80 yard touchdown Beauty. catch, which usually like 15 fantasy points. Game. Yeah. <laughs> three targets for 100 and, uh, and three catches for 151 yards plus a touchdown. 24.1 on long shots is, I mean, that's a gargantuan number. Mm-hmm. Probably the highest we've had over the past two, three, four seasons. Who knows? It goes off especially because we don't use quarterbacks meanwhile i am punching mike clay over the phone being like how did you bully me into not taking Taysom hill and then rashid shaheed goes off and i'm like ah god Uh, i guess you whatever it doesn't matter then trey mcbride goes off and trey mcbride catches this this touchdown pass yesterday late in the in the card look we'll do the analysis in just a moment oh yeah catches a touch a touchdown pass that was one of those where like he caught it like the five and they probably could have stopped the play dead at like I, the yeah, four. I can't believe they did. Like momentum had clearly been like pretty close to neutralized. If anything, the NFL probably aired from the side of blowing the whistle mm-hmm. too soon as opposed to too late. Well, instead it turns into a rugby scrum and it's like not even the tush push. It's like his own offensive players are tackling Trey McBride towards the end zone. He scores all of a sudden it's like 24.1 to like 21.7 or something. Cardinals kick an onside kick. Yes, they do. They recover it. Trey McBride catches, I think, two passes on the final drive and ends up outscoring Rashid Shaheed (laughs) for the long shot win. So if Mike Clay had not been a jerk to me on Saturday, I wouldn't have won. I can't. We were even texting. They needed an onside kick to get that. That We were texting. Can you imagine if they got the onside kick and just completed one more pass? So bad. Yeah. Sure. That never happens. It's always like one little thing to happen. It went exactly how we needed. So that was hilarious. But you got your W. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah. Fantasy analysis side. I think there's more important fantasy takeaways on the Trey McBride side than there are the oh, Taysom yes, Hill, Hill side for sure because McBride stepped into that starting tight end role yep. and as we talked about on fantasy football now part of the logic behind it was that the Cardinals had completed the fifth most passes of tight end so far this season mm-hmm. maybe that's a Josh Dobbs thing maybe it's not Josh Dobbs will start for them this upcoming week by the way but Trey McBride is no slouch second round pick a year ago won the Mackey award for the best tight end in all of college football during his final mm-hmm. season at Colorado State and Hollywood Brown's going to get his a little bit of Rondell Moore, a little bit of Michael Wilson. But I would say if you're starting a Cardinals pass catcher, not named Hollywood Brown, your confidence should gravitate most towards Trey McBride, Mike. Yeah, this never happens where they had all these targets going to Ertz and McBride and then Ertz left and then they just threw all the balls to McBride. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Get spread to other guys. 
Yeah, he had 14 targets in yeah. this game. Uh, and this was a very tough matchup. Baltimore, as we talked about yesterday on, on FF Now, it, we, our analysis was like, you know, we like him in DFS. I used him in DFS, but because he was so cheap, but yeah. maybe this isn't the week because of the tough matchup. Sure enough, it was. And I say that because they played the Browns this week and they've yeah. had the fewest fantasy points to tight mm-hmm. ends. But if you're going to get a, you know, 30 some percent target share, you're going to be a, a tight end one. So I'll be yeah. ranking him as a tight end one this week against Cleveland. All the balls are going his way. Yeah, wasn't it a $2,800 price tag on DraftKings yesterday? Super cheap. Yes. Like, yes. I just need 3X. So yeah. And then I mean, your projection was like 7.4, right? Yeah, like 7 points or something. Well, he got like really a fun. 25 and a half, yeah. And I have to say this, and this is going to sound ridiculous. Other than Tyreek Hill, there's no player I fear playing against in fantasy more than Taysom Hill. Yeah, it's ridiculous. What a weird and, and name to say, too, but I, I totally one of the understand hills. it. Yeah. It's one of the hills. One T of the hill. T hills. Yeah. You know, he had, he had 22 and a half points yesterday. That was his first time he even reached 17 since week five of last season. In the 19 games between then, them, uh, those two games, averaging seven points per game. It's amazing. Oh like he, just, he has these spike games where we're like, oh, man, we should be on top of him and using it. But he just disappears for like an entire season before but he has games like this. There's nothing scarier, though. There's yeah. just nothing scarier you know than when you're playing, playing them, Taysom Hill. Happen. Yeah. <laughs> I know we used to have that joke all the time. Hey, you know, I'm playing against Chris McCaffrey. You know he's going to go off. I feel that way when I'm playing Taysom, Taysom Hill. Hill. It That's just feels funny. like it's going to happen. Now, it doesn't happen that often because not that many people are actually starting Taysom Hill. There's a reason why he, ca- yeah. he qualified for long shots, but uh, it's a sinking feeling when you see Taysom Hill in the other person's lineup. You just don't love to see it at all. No, you mm-hmm. don't. No, you don't. I do want to say really quickly on Trey McBride, 21 targets coming into this game and then had 14 in this game alone. Mm-hmm. So well, over, the la- yep. over the last seven games, that's unreal being able to get this kind of usage. Yeah, 83, 83% snap share, highest since late last season when yep. Zach Ertz was out. So Ertz out is obviously the, the key variable here. He also, they also now have the worst record in the NFL. Oh, yeah, that's right, because we got a Panthers win. Yep. Wow, Panthers that's win. right. On a Panthers Bears field in week goal. 10, all of a sudden very important on Thursday night. Seriously. Yeah. Trey McBride going to definitely be someone we talk about tomorrow when we talk waivers. Yeah, we are, as is his yep. not current, but should be soon current quarterback, uh, Kyler Murray, who definitely needs to be added as well. So check in for that. Oh, yep. yeah. Let's talk about some performances that brought some guys back from the grave to yes. fit in with this Halloween theme. I told everybody <laughs> to sit DeAndre Hopkins. Board bet. That bet. was you and I. Yeah, wait. To yeah, be wait, clear, yeah. I don't uh, know what board bets we did last week, but that was our FF now on on the fly. Board on the bet. fly, Lockett board versus bet. Hopkins. Right. Tyler Lockett, by the way, had, a good had game. twenty-one fantasy yes, points. Yes, he did. And I got smashed. Yes. By Mike Clay. Anyway, sorry, I got excited. So let me say this: I told everybody not to start DeAndre Hopkins. Whoops. I had a bunch of reasons why. Yeah. One of them being I didn't want to trust a quarterback that we've never seen that apparently no other franchise also <laughs> trusted because he didn't get drafted until the second round. Yeah. Fast forward to the end of the game, guys. DeAndre Hopkins has four catches. Three of them go for a touchdown. 128 receiving yards, a total of 34.8 fantasy points. I'm sorry if you bench DeAndre Hopkins because of me. I had him outside my top 35. There felt like there was enough going Mm -hmm. on that was like with no teams on a bye. I'd rather go with someone that has a little bit more juice. Turns out... Will Levis might be the juice that DeAndre Hopkins needs, Mike Clay. Yeah, perchance. Uh, my analysis was this guy's been, he's had a lot of targets and he's been super unlucky with touchdowns. He had 3.0 expected touchdowns. Well, he this, had zero actual going into this yeah. game. In the game, he had three touchdowns. So he made up all that ground uh, in a hurry. And he's still, he's still got some juice left. You he know really what, Mike? Does. That stat will now have normalized because I am 100% positive that the three touchdowns scored yesterday by DeAndre Hopkins were not touchdowns that he should have actually scored. Thank like you. the first one, and I mean that in the sense of like how you categorize 
expected touchdowns, mm-hmm. right? Those are often like goal line carries for running backs course, or yeah, like yeah, yeah. end zone targets for wide course, receivers, yeah. right? Two of them were like absolute moonshot bombs by mm-hmm. Will Levis, right? Mm-hmm. On the first one, it actually seemed like AJ Terrell thought that DeAndre Hopkins either interfered with him or had been out of bounds. I, I he thought was the same thing. ineligible to touch the football upon yep. his return to the field of play. So he might now have three touchdowns on a 3.0 OTD. Yeah, he kind of uh, caught up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, that's how it works, though. You get it's just trust a, Mike Clay's data regression yeah. to the mean. So that going forward now, he, mine. we're going to need goal line work. And, and so, well, although yeah. he, what, he was fourth yeah. in end zone targets coming yeah. into uh, the game. So, yeah, the question now becomes for his purposes and perhaps other guys in the offense, including Traylon Burks and Chico Conquo, whose target shares have been 20 yeah. percent plus in three straight games. Is Levis the real deal? He's yeah. going to start this week. If he is the real deal, this could be huge for Tennessee. We talked about this. Why? This is why we wanted to see Levis. If you hit a home run with this pick, you don't need to draft a quarterback next year. And you could address other positions, and that could change this whole franchise. Yeah. If he's not the answer, you have to go after a quarterback. So, good start. I mean, great start. Great start. Will Levis from born in Kentucky. No, I don't know. I know he's, he went to Kentucky. Uh, he went to Kentucky. Started the Penn State, actually. Born in Massachusetts. Raised here in Connecticut. Played oh, his right, high school really? ball at Xavier High School down that's in Middletown, right. Connecticut. Right. So mm-hmm. um, that. that's right next to where I went to. I went to Wesleyan, which is also in Middletown. I mean, the field is a mile from campus. We used to go check out their games on Friday nights. Mm-hmm. So just an awesome, awesome thing to see for Will Levis, who, you know, the pre-draft process is so compelling for so many reasons, right? We live for those two months of hype and buildup. At the same time, there is this other side of it that can be really, really tough for the players. Will Levis spends two months hearing about how he might be a top five pick. He might be, you know, there's a conversation for him being the best quarterback in the draft, at least in some people's eyes. Mel Kuyper Jr. loved Will Levis, loved him. He ends up going to the second round in the green room for an extra day. That's a humbling process. And here he is balling out, tying the NFL record for most passing touchdowns in a player's first game. Shout out to you, Will Levis. That's making the most of your moment. I hope you go out there and crush it for the rest of this season. Yeah, and uh, in honor of him today, I brought a banana on the drive-in. I was eating it. I just ate the whole thing with the... Stop it. The peel on the it? Peel. Stop. Eat the whole thing. That's what he and does, you, right? You, and mayonnaise in his, in his and coffee. Man, yeah, yeah. Nope. I, didn't, I didn't do that. There's no... Can I, I feel like no for those here. reasons? You can <laughs> that allowed. I've heard of... I've heard of um, butter in in coffee and there yes, seems to yeah, be yes. more people that are on board with that yes mayonnaise i can't do as much I, as I love will and will's a i've met him a few times great kid mm-hmm. but mayonnaise in the coffee no thanks that's true hey but it was one know, time if he keeps Feels playing like, like that if he keeps playing like that we'll take it do we got yeah do, four touch i'll, I'll take four yeah. touchdown passes mm-hmm. yeah what about Jahan dotson is this guy finally back from the dead or was this a one game kind of yeah. a thing 13 saps for curtis samuel so i'm not sure yet i mean this is two straight good games for him in terms of yeah. volume 18 plus targets over his last two games but this is his first not his first big fantasy game his first top 25 what? of the season so no i'm not there yet where i feel great starting him uh i think 12 team league flex option that's yeah. as far as i'll go for now wow um, good, good stuff. I might, I'm going to let him take I'm the lead on that one. I feel like we, t- we did, we mentioned I want that it to happen. Too, so but yeah, no, trust me. Yet. I do too. Yeah. So let's talk Tyler Lockett then. Tyler Lockett has been, he's, great. he's, he's been a 49er so far this year he is has. what he has been. He's been up and down, but this Which week is his, was his whole career for a guy that's played his entire career with the Seahawks. He's been a 49er for a long time, for a long time. Yeah. And yeah. by the way, that Browns defense, excellent on paper. They've been excellent. They were good again yesterday. They kept them in this game for much of it. Lockett, though, he's going to find his way every once in a while. More touchdowns. He's going to find his way. This yeah. is the time it happens. Around midseason, we start to identify players like Hopkins and Lockett where you're like, you know what? 
His usage, by the way, Lockett's usage compared to last year, snaps, routes, targets, air yards, almost exactly identical to last year. Wow. He just had bad touchdown luck. We talked about it last week. Scored the scored a touchdown, eight catches, eighty one. Uh, good game. You're, yeah, you're just I don't, keep firing him up. The only thing I disagree with is I'm not sure that it's bad touchdown luck. Like when you have Bobo and you're in the red zone, mm. you, you decide you like which player is our best weapon. Who mm-hmm. do we want to utilize in the red zone? Let him score the touchdowns. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yesterday they had a, we had a lock a touchdown, a yep. Smith and Jigba touchdown, a Bobo touchdown. Correct. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, none of that DK Metcalf guy. What he he had uh, a. Quite the game. He had Ooh. like what, fourteen targets, five catches or something. He had a rough five one. for sixty-seven with fourteen Ooh. targets. Ooh. Could they trade him before the deadline tomorrow? Ooh. Open up more snaps for Bobo. I'm kidding, everybody. I'm kidding. Ooh. Obviously, I mean, they should. Totally kidding. <laughs> totally kidding. Um, but uh, yeah, they have they have a legitimate wealth of depth right now at Absolutely. wide receiver. And Eskridge off IR too. Yeah, Eskridge off IR. Second round pick just a couple of years ago. Obviously, uh, suspension was the reason why he missed oh, the first six yeah, games yeah, yeah, right, uh, right. for very serious issue. But they have lots of uh, te- depth at wide receiver right now. Um, but yes, Tyler Lockett remains what he has been for multiple years, which is a guy that sometimes you know what to expect, and he. Balls out like yesterday, and then sometimes he goes for one catch in 17 yards against a bad defense, and you're like, what the heck happened? Yeah. Yep. Yesterday mm-hmm. was a very, very not subtle reminder of why it's called fantasy football. That's right. I mean, think about all the unexpected performances for positive or negative reasons. We saw plenty of them, but there was one expected performance yesterday. Devontae Smith. Oh, yes. up, baby. There you go. You called it. Fantasy football now. Actually, that was fantasy football. He was right? your play of the week. Yeah, he was yeah. play of the week last week yeah. on Friday. So, uh, Devontae, you do love to see it. Seven for 99 with a touchdown That's yesterday great. for Devontae. And, uh, you know, I mentioned on the show, and on, I think, oh, actually, it's sports center. Sorry, you know, I do so many shows on Sunday. I'm not quite Daniel Dopp. I'm not quite Daniel Dopp, who carried the company in his back uh-huh, yesterday. Uh-huh. But, you know, I do so many shows that it's hard to keep track of it sometimes. Uh, but, I, I said, like, you know, the squeaky wheel is not going to get the grease in Devontae Smith's case because he doesn't talk, mm-hmm. but he might whisper it, and uh, he went off yesterday. And is it the start of things to come? I don't know, but it was a great matchup yesterday that was just too good to ignore. Yeah, yeah. first top 20 since week two, but uh, they, had, they were behind. Yeah, They were behind in the game, had to throw, and the upcoming schedule suggests they're going to be throwing the ball a lot. The uh, schedule you know, including is Dallas very interesting. And I believe Buffalo's Dallas, Miami, there, the Chiefs. Yep. Yeah. Kansas City, they, Buffalo. It's like a like San Francisco. That's like those that's five it, teams. It. Yeah, that's one in like a seven week stretch. By the way, yeah, yeah. So it's they're a, gonna be they're gonna be chucking the ball around the next few weeks. And I know that some of the wins so far this season for them have not been the prettiest wins. But to be the only team in the NFL with one loss, they have built themselves a buffer. It's not going to matter in terms of the NFC. The NFC is so garbage beyond like the first four team. It doesn't matter. But man, that could really matter in either the home field advantage. Mm-hmm. Or division race. Yep. By the way, the Eagles, uh, you know, someone who watches them closely and has friends, we talk about the games we're watching, you know, uh, yesterday, Kenny Gainwell fumbled inside the 10 again. For whatever <laughs> reason, the Eagles get a big play to like A.J. Brown. They get yeah. inside the 10. They hand it to Kenny Gainwell on the next play. It's like every time he fumbled, he did not have another carry the rest of that game. Uh, I think he was on the field a little for passing situations, but kind of something to watch there with yeah. Andre Swift and maybe Rashad Penny at some mm. point. Uh, just thought that was interesting that he kind of disappeared. So. I'll tell you what, we were watching this game yesterday and Rosie was watching the very first A.J. Brown touchdown where it's like he catches oh, it one unreal. hand, brings it in and goes it's down. not human. She's like, how does he do this? It seems like every week he's just making these plays. And I'm like, yeah, that is that is exactly who A.J. Brown is. And, and on top of that, he could do that. But also the, maybe the best receiver in the NFL with the ball in his hands, too. Like you can't tackle him. Yeah. It's so big. All oh. right. Rapid fire. Top of your head. Rest of season. Top five players in fantasy. Go. Because it's obviously right. Number one. Okay. Tyreek Hill. Tyreek Hill. Yeah. A.J. Brown. Uh, A.J. Yeah, Brown. Put A.J. Brown up yeah. there. Okay. 
Which quarterback? Uh, I don't. I don't think. Is I there a quarterback? Go. Not in the top no, five. No, not in the top five. Okay, Just, so, do we? Do we Travis Etienne, Alvin Kamara, Travis yeah, Kelsey, I was thinking Eckler, maybe. But I, I don't Bounce know. Back game last night for Eckler. He did. It feels like um, those are the three right there, doesn't it? Those are the top. Yeah. Those. Yeah. You might be right. You might be right. Other it's wide just, receivers yeah. to consider, obviously, you know, like if Cooper Cup gets it back on track mm-hmm. or, you know, Devontae Adams has a big day. Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs would be definitely on that short list as Could well. Be. But yep. Woo. Gosh. Mm-hmm. A lot of guys. A yeah. lot of guys for the second Jamar half Chase? of the season. Jamar Chase yeah, could be certainly in that can in that, in that oh, short list as well. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. You're not wrong. Yep. All right, back here on Fantasy Focus, closing this out with a Monday night football preview, guys. Who's playing, Daniel? We got Raiders and Lions playing in Detroit this week. Will you week. be there or no? I will not be there, okay. unfortunately. Uh, I yeah. wish that I could be. I wish that I could be. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, I am here in Bristol, Connecticut. So let's okay. talk about this game because there is a lot, I think, that we can be able to dive into. First, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to play in this one. Yep. Which is starting nice. tonight. That's huge. Yep. Very News. big. Good for we, Jacoby Myers. Yep. I was going to say, we've been, we've been <laughs> watching Jacoby Myers be the guy. Do we finally see Devontae Adams get back on track? He's been trying to be the squeaky wheel. It just hasn't worked yet up until this point. Well, he did have the first four targets of the game mm-hmm. last time they played. Yeah, he Terry McLaurin. Uh, yeah, so we ended up with, uh, however, as we discussed, he drops a wide open in the end zone touchdown that if he catches it, it's like seven for 60 and a touchdown. And you're like, oh, Devontae Adams, 19 fantasy points back on track. So uh, they apparently had a players only meeting this week and they talked about a bunch of, or no, an open locker room meeting. So maybe Mm. some of the things that we want for fantasy, the streamline of the offense to Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams and Jacoby Myers takes place tonight. Worth noting, Amon Ross St. Brown added to the injury report yesterday because of an illness. Sounds like he'll play. Mm-hmm. But if, I hate to say this now because it's so late, but if you have a chance to, with no one on a bye, it's going to be tough. But if for some reason uh, he gets ruled out, be prepared for a pivot to like a Khalif Raymond yeah. or Josh Reynolds. So mm-hmm. just check that inactive list around 6.50 Eastern time tonight. Yeah. yeah. And it's funny you didn't mention Jamison Williams. Uh, he's still out there in a lot of leagues. I don't know what to make of this guy. Yeah, you know, same. he needs he needs a big breakout game because it has not happened. What's I agree. Have, we talked about this before the show yesterday. What is like five catches on 20 some career targets? Yeah, it's crazy. That connection yeah. just is not happening yet. All I mean, five of them feel like they've been 50 yard touchdowns. Yeah. Oh, yeah. But so a lot of run. other targets that have gone by the wayside, unfortunately. Yeah, really happened, talented yeah. guy. I'm really in a Michael Mayer tonight, too. As much as this hurts me to say, the yeah. Detroit Lions get waxed by tight ends. Michael Mayer starting to get more volume here. Lions gave up the third most receptions to tight ends. They gave up the fourth most receiving yards to tight end. They gave up the sixth most yards after the catch to tight end, in part because of the fact that Aaron Glenn plays such a man-heavy scheme. A lot of times it leaves linebackers out there on an island against these really athletic tight ends. That so, was very mad bone of you right there. Well yeah, done. Well, well, thank you, guys. Yeah, he, was watching yeah. the, he was watching the uh, NFL Mayer matchup that, show. Yeah, oh, or, that, or that, too. Uh, yeah, uh, breakout tight end kind of week so far around midseason. Makes sense for some young tight ends. Trey McBride, we had Dalton Kincaid. Yeah. Maybe he's the next one. Maybe, Maybe Michael Mayer makes a leap here. Got him in the props Ooh. and pop column, so yeah. I would take him over 21 and a half receiving yards. Oh, I like that. So that's yeah. going to be a good one. All right. Michael Mayer balling out on almost Halloween. Almost Halloween. I know. There's something fitting, there. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love Michael Mayer. Something there. All right. Thank you so much for hanging out with us. We had a ton of fun being able to do this show. Make sure that you guys love each other. We're real big on that. We love Mike Clay here, especially. Sometimes that comes down. Like we don't. Mike being, tell me who you are again. Dan Flashes. Oh, that's right. We got the Dan Flashes shirt. This is so good. Safari flat hat. Safari flat hat. Look at this. Hey. Hey. This was mighty fun, mates. Yeah, is that your pirate voice? Do I sound like a guy from Hogwarts or a pirate? I can't tell. You sort of sound like an Australian pirate, pirate for some reason. Did you tell your pirate joke? For those who missed it on FF Now yesterday? What's a pirate's favorite letter? R. You would think so, but it's actually the C. Yes, there it is. I 
You stole that from me. That's... <laughs> right, I'm going to get a sloppy steak at Trifoni's. That's just like oh, your opinion, man. So, All right, that's going to be it for us today. Thank you so much Bye. for hanging out with us. We love you guys. Enjoy the rest of this week. Have fun watching Monday Night Football. Put in a prop bet on Michael Mayer. Detroit football.